Welcome to a new episode of the Lebenspraxis Podcast, where we explore practicing and the question, what is a good life? Today, I want to start with reading out an email that I received, which I think will be very interesting for you as well. The email comes from Thomas Koch from Denmark and is adding thoughts to the topic of focus. So I will read it out now. It was great to hear you speak about focus on the Lebenspraxis Podcast. It is a topic that is near and dear to my heart. One aspect of focus that I don't feel is discussed often enough is patience. Interestingly, patience in Danish, my mother's tongue, is talmulhi, which can be translated more literally into courage to endure or courage to feel. Very fitting. Short remark for me if I said this word completely wrong. Please take my apologies. And in German there is a similar old word for patience, langmut. So lang is long and mood is courage, so long courage, a bit similar to the Danish one. Okay, I keep on, I continue reading. When focus is discussed, it is often in a context of productivity and getting things done as efficiently and thus as fast as possible. This is indeed correct and also how I initially came to this topic, but it also contributes to the constant feeling of being rushed that many people are prone to. I feel that patience can be a good concept to keep in mind when thinking about focus. Patience has a calmness to it and allows things to unfold in their own time. Therefore, I also very much appreciated the suggestions you made on the podcast of listening to a music album in its entirety. It cannot be rushed. Here are a few observations of focus and patience from my own life. First, bow hunting. When you're hunting, 99% of the time you're just waiting and keeping your senses alert to a degree that I have not experienced in other contexts, in particular with bow hunting because of the stillness and closeness that is required. You are in a position where you need to submit to the circumstances. You cannot force anything to happen, but you also need to be alert at all times. I've attempted to recreate the same experience just going to the woods and observing my surroundings, but something is missing. Second. Doing research. Whenever I'm preparing a new paper to be written, I log myself in with a whiteboard and three times the amount of time I think is required to sketch it out. Even though I feel that I'm done after 15 minutes, I keep at it. Time and time again, new ideas have come to me hours into such a session. The situation is a much bigger challenge for me than the bow hunting. My focus is much more prone to falter and it is harder to realize the patience required. Even though I feel as the thinker of the thoughts, I have as much control of when they come to me as I have of when a deer is approaching. Because my thoughts are the center of these exercises, I have some vague feeling of control and can try to rush it, but not possible. I often have wondered where this sense of urgency and rush comes from. It is often easy to blame the culture, social media and blah blah blah, but I wonder if it is closer to some sort of escapism from the fear of death and time running out. It is quite paradoxical, for in those periods where I have a strong feeling of calmness and tranquility, the thought of impermanence is even closer to my mind. Thank you very much, Thomas, for this email. I think it is highly interesting what is discussed here. I know a similar feeling to the bow hunting because it's very similar to hunting but it's without weapons. What I regularly do and I also sometimes do it with participants is to go into the woods and to search for animals. 
So what you do is you you walk slowly with your senses alert and you try to make no sound and you try to hear, see and sort of use your sixth sense, not the sixth sense from the movie, but you know what I mean, like this awareness of something is there where you're not sure where the information is coming from. And like this, you move slowly through the woods. If you do this with the right seriousness and the skill required, obviously, I mean, you need to be able to walk silently, blah, 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 then you will find animals, deer, wild pig, fox, whatever lives there where you are. Although stalking for animals, so moving around in the forest and staying at one point might be in detail different from each other, but I think the essence is the same. And I think what is happening is that you enter this very, very primal state where when you open yourself to it, when you take it serious, you become a hunter. This ancient state And it has a very particular feeling. It feels very right. You feel very much alive. And I have done a similar thing actually at home that felt similar to me. In my home, there's a lot of wood and sometimes there's wood cracks, but obviously you cannot provoke this. It just happens from time to time. So for some time, I was just sitting in my room on a chair and just waiting for the crack just for this sound. Sometimes it happens after a few minutes, something happens. Sometimes you have to wait for a long time. But I didn't want to miss it. So I was fully there with my hearing, with my attention. And when the crack comes, is ah yeah, that's it. Yeah, it was the crack. And compared to watching a James Bond movie, this might sound a bit dull, but it is actually the opposite. If you're very excited, about something like this and you're fully there then this doesn't feel boring at all i think a key element here is what the german sociologist hartmut rosa calls unverfügbarkeit in his book of the same title he talks about the i i would i would phrase it like this the magic of things that are not available. So unverfügbarkeit, this means unavailability. And his claim is that we try to make things very available and things are very avail available, no? Like through our web interfaces that we carry with us, our smartphones, we can enter all sorts of knowledge in an instant, get answers to everything. And he claims that in the end, that, that's not it. Because the magic is happening with the things that you cannot force to be available. And I would say, I, I would add to his thesis that you can expose yourself to things and you can open your mind for things to happen because what he's talking about is this um, magic moment when you are in a concert and you feel a lot of resonance with the music and you feel like it's a, it's a transcendental experience. And he claims you cannot force it or even further, like if you try to force it, then it will not happen. But I would say it's actually also an approach thing. If you're open to the resonance, if you take things seriously, if you allow that things are happening, then I think the likelihood of a transcendental experience in a concert is actually higher than if you go there and you think, yeah, it's just a concert. I think you can also call this chaos. 
in that sense, an element of chaos is important in our life, no? They're in the woods. Where are the animals? They are moving. They're somewhere. I don't know. I don't know where they are. I use my senses. I walk. I search. And it creates this high alertness. You don't know what is happening next, but you are very excited about what can happen. You are very serious in it. And obviously there are also moments of drifting away there. That's normal. This Everyone has had this. I remember a moment that I had with, with two other people where we sneaked up to four deer in the forest very closely, maybe six meters away, so very close. And we were lying there and observing them for a long time, maybe 30 minutes or something like this. It was very interesting for me also to observe myself in this situation because I drifted away sometimes from the actual situation. But again, focusing is not this squeezing your face muscles together and being a laser in that sense. But it's about being there. And yeah, your mind is a jumping harlequin and it can even manage to jump around in the weirdest situations let's say i think most of us also like surprises i mean pleasant surprises although not so pleasant surprises can be also nice sometimes things that suddenly turn our life a bit around that first feel not so nice but then looking back we might later say yeah there was actually a good thing happening because blah 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 and connected to this is the second thing that thomas mentioned now about the research which is essentially also about creativity and i love it how thomas is saying that sort of the thoughts that they just come out and i feel very connected to this as well these moments where your mind is suddenly producing all these things and it also has its magic and in a sense it's also unverfügbar you can expose yourself to it but all the writers always have this thing about writer's block blah 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 which is this state of sitting down and you want to have something come out of your mind but nothing comes no it's, it, it is like it's unverfügbar i mean also here there are techniques and my friend sasha would probably say that something like writer's block means that your tools are not sharp enough in that sense so maybe it is a bit like a straw that you have in your mouth that you're drinking from you need to hold it with your lips but if you squeeze them too much you close the straw and nothing comes through like it said the grass is not growing quicker when you pull on it allowing your mind to be creative i think this is what thomas is writing here about also no like he he said that even though i feel that i'm done after 15 minutes i keep at it time and time again new ideas have come to me hours into such a session yeah instead of saying okay now that's it yeah i have my things it just stays and lets the mind do its thing let's the the avalanche run down the mountain And I also wonder with Thomas, where is this sense of urgency and rush coming from? Yesterday, me and my family, we came back from Corsica to Germany and you have to take the ferry to, to Italy or, or France. And you put your car on the ferry and then they close the garage for the cars and you go and you go up and it's closed until the ferries at the harbor again. So when the ferry is reaching the port, Then people are gathering at the staircases to go down to the garage. But one thing they do is they put a small rope in front of the staircase. So people are not already going down and waiting in front of their locked doors. It was interesting because we were standing there and waiting. And, and I didn't really want to be there already. Because it's not the first time I'm on this ferry and I know it works. But my kids wanted to 
go there already and see what's happening. And then one random guy came and he just looked at this rope and just took it away and went down the staircase. But it was clear it was that he was not part of the ferry team. It was just a random guy doing this. <laughs> and then what happened is that everyone looks at each other and then all the people rush behind him into the staircase. And the next thing that happens is they're all standing very crowded, very close to each other in this staircase for another 15 minutes with bad air, some with children, and just because they want to get to the car as quickly as possible. Oh, I don't know. I actually took this as an opportunity to do the opposite and take my family and go a bit away from the scenery and wait in a place where it was a bit less crowded. And then once the door opens, everyone is rushing to their car and then everyone hops in and everyone switches on the cab. But the thing is that first dozens of trucks have to unload from the ferry and only then the passenger cars can go. And that takes a while. But they open the door to the garage already. But it's very clear that when you enter that you cannot go out because there's a ramp and it's closed. And to open it takes some minutes and blah 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 blah. So we are in this closed garage with the air not very fresh and dozens of cars running, although nothing is happening. As if we are in Yakutsk in the winter where it's not clear if the engine will switch on. I mean, it takes two seconds for a car to start. What, what's, the, what's the matter? Just switch it on the moment you're really about to go somewhere. Because it actually took another 20 minutes before we could leave the garage. But what I liked is the following picture because the two last cars that were entered by people were the cheapest and the most expensive. So the cheapest was an old relaxed man in a small old Fiat with zero hastiness, laughing about all the people with the engines running. And the other one was a recent Audi Q7 entered what seemed to be a well-off family. I like this picture that the people who seemed most relaxed about getting to their cars were the ones with the most expensive and the cheapest car, while everyone in between had this hastiness. For me, it is disappointing how unkam many grown-ups are. Isn't this part of the process that you do when going through life, that you become more calm? This master Yoda thing, he knows when it's time to take his lightsaber into the hands, doesn't do it unnecessarily, and after he packs it back and is back to his calmness. So that's definitely also something to practice, no? Calmness. Relax. Here's a picture connected to it that I played with a bit in my mind in the last weeks. You all know this be water, my friend thing, yeah? From this famous Bruce Lee interview where he says, if you put water into a cup, it becomes the cup. If you put water into a glass, it becomes the glass and so on. And what I thought is, yeah, actually, it's also nice not to become the cup and not to be like water, my friend, but to be like a stone unaffected by what you're put in. Because when the wind is going over the water, it makes big waves. But when the wind is going over the stone, the stone is just unaffected. So just taking water out of the four elements or five elements, depending on uh, from which area you're talking, seems a bit unbalanced. Be water when it makes sense and be a stone when it makes sense and be the other elements when it makes sense. My mind reminds me now also of this story of one of the Gracies, the founders of BJJ. I don't know anymore anymore which one and I'm, I'm not too familiar with the history of it but there's one where the story is floating around that in competitions in between in the pauses between the rounds that he would just lie down and directly fall asleep would completely relax directly fall asleep i think this is a very nice picture of someone that is channeling his energy in a good way 
When the round starts, he is fully there and ready. And when he can relax, he relaxes completely. Instead of staying in a sort of in-between thing all the time. There's also the thing with doing nothing. The proposition is do things completely. Involve yourself. And on the other hand, do really nothing. Instead of spending all the time in sort of a halfway thing. To be in the center and in the middle, obviously, is not a bad thing. But it's nice to play the whole scale and be able to play the whole scale. So... Calmness. Calm, focus, patience. Calm, focus with the courage to endure, the courage to feel. Tolmoi. What do you think, guys? Shall we be calm grown ups that take things serious? I like this thought very much. Thank you, Thomas, for your email. It was very thought provoking. See you next time, guys.